this weird notion. And that's the notion that we have beliefs. I'm gonna assert that we don't have beliefs, but beliefs have us. And my evidence for that is that you think that you believe things. And I'm not saying that you don't have that relationship. What I am saying though, is that when you, hopefully last week, you went up to your attic, you dusted off a dream or a goal, and when you looked at it, in your mind's eye, you had a thought. You either believed that you could accomplish that at this point in your life, or you believed that you couldn't. And that belief affected whether or not you allowed yourself to have the thought again. Beliefs run us. And so the question is, well, all right, I've got this goal, I've got this dream, I've got this possibility that I'm excited about, but I don't believe that I can do it. Well, your first job in getting to believing it is one, you gotta write it down. You gotta put it into a structure that you can look at every day. For me, I've got my goals broken into different categories. And for you know one specific one around my personal development, so I have all my big bucket list goals, and then I take those and I break them into subcategories, which is a conversation that we'll have in future episodes. But the first thing you've got to do is you've got to write it down, and then you've got to read it to yourself every day. I recommend reading it in front of the mirror, and it's like, wait a second, Mike, are you serious? I've got to write my dream, my goal down, and then I've got to read it in front of the mirror? Yeah, for two reasons. One, it's fun. It's fun. I promise it's fun. No, no, Mike, that's not fun. It will be, I promise you. Here's the deal, folks. This thought, this belief, this dream that's been covering dust and has been dealing with all that it's been dealing with, you've forgotten that at one point you believed you could do it. So you've got to wake up every day and read it to remind your body, to remind your subconscious that you do have that ability. You've got to declare your goal. You've got to declare your dream. And it'll start to change your cellular body. You'll start to get enthusiastic about it. Look, the first time you read it, it might be like, my dream is that I'm going to... And you may... It might, oh, it might be like painful. It might be like, I'm not sure I can do this. But if you wake up and you read it every day, every day, a little more enthusiasm. And in the beginning, it's okay if that enthusiasm and your voice and your commitment and all that in the process isn't at the level that I am right now. That's fine. It will come. It will come. I promise you, you just got to keep at it and the energy and the enthusiasm will get there. There's lots of examples of what declaring does and how it moves action. It starts to shift people's perceptions. You know, one of the more recent ones was Elon Musk, right? Seven, eight years ago, he starts talking about how he's going to build a colony on Mars, that he's going to send people to Mars. Look, 30, 40 years ago, that was like a sort of a crazy thought. And it was even crazy when Elon said it. But over time, he started to believe it and he started to ground it, which we'll talk about in future episodes. But first, he had to declare it. First, he had to put it out there. And what happens when you put something like that out there? Well, yeah, you're sure you're going to get some feedback. You're going to get the naysayers. You can get all the people that say it, it can't be done and here are all the reasons. Good. Bring that on. That's information we're going to utilize later, whether it's for motivation or helping us to ground this thing. But Elon's not going to Mars unless he declares it first. You know, JFK gave us that gift in the early 60s when he said, you know, when he started asking, why does Bryce, Bryce play Texas? And he says, it's not because it is easy, but rather because it is hard. And what he said right after that was that we choose to go to the moon and we choose to do it in this decade. Not because it's easy, but rather because it's hard. 
We weren't going to the moon if he didn't declare it, if he didn't put things in motion. Speech is powerful. Declaring something out loud is powerful. You know, one of the more brilliant examples I've gotten to see in my personal life, my wife, this is going back maybe 17, 18 years, we were at a, a program, there's like 60 people, and we're talking about our projects and our dreams and our goals. Now, my wife at that time, she, she was admittedly probably 30, 35 pounds overweight and a pack-a-day smoker. And she got up in that room and she declared that she was going to run a marathon. She was going to run a marathon. I had never seen my wife run like at all. And she was going to run a marathon. Well, about six, seven months later, I watched her cross the Walt Disney Marathon finish line. I was so proud, but I was also so impressed and blown away at what she had done. She had declared something in front of a group that was going to hold her accountable. You know, that's one of the things, right? You say this thing that you believe, that you're excited about, that you want to do. But now, now it's like, uh-oh, if I get this out loud, if I run this up the flagpole and start telling other people about it, now I'm going to be held accountable to it. Yeah. Yep, that's going to happen. But Mike, well, well Mike, Mike, JFK was the president, so that, that's why he was able to do that. Elon Musk is a billionaire, so that's why he was able to do that. Fine. Fine. Let, let's, I'll let you have that excuse just for this one moment, but I'm going to come back to it, that it only happened because they declared. If you want to think about someone that declared something and visualized it and believed it, then took action and was able to complete it, I bring you Major James Nesmith. This man was in a POW camp in North Vietnam. He was in a four by four by six foot cell, really only fed rice and some limited water. And he was in there for seven years, seven years he was there. And during that time, he had two major goals. One was to get home safely and two was to play a round of golf. He was, you know, your average in the 90s golfer prior uh, to being in the prisoner of war camp. And after seven years, he spent that time visualizing getting home and visualizing playing this game that he loved so much. And he would play round after round and not just basics. No, he memorized the course. He could smell the grass. He could feel the wind. He could see, you know, the, the animals, you know, flying across the lake. He could see the birds. He could feel the breeze. He knew how the grass was in the morning. He knew what the cut looked like. He knew which club he was going to choose, how far he was going to put that ball, where he was going to put it, how he was going to putt. What, what was he going to play on the next hole? What was he going to say if he got stuck in a sand trap? He had meticulously played out this course two, three, four, five times a day. He constantly visualized it. He declared it, and then he visualized it. Well, after seven years, he finally gets released. He's all relieved. He's home. He, so, so number one goal is done. All right, I'm home. I'm safe. Second goal, I want to go play a round of golf. So he goes out. The guy hasn't swung a club in seven years. He is gaunt and he is weak, but he's got this course visualized. He goes out. Remember, he was shooting in the 90s. He goes out and shoots a 74, just a couple over par. That is, that is a number that most most golfers dream to obtain. And especially after seven years of not swinging the club, one of the reporters asked him, how did you do that? You haven't, you haven't swung a club in seven years. How, you haven't played golf in seven years. He's like, oh no, on the contrary. 
Now I've played golf. I've played three or four or five times a day. I've been memorizing and visualizing this course and this moment. It's what sustained me during those times in that camp. I visualized it. He declared it, folks. And even though it was in his mind's eye, no, he didn't have the platform of being the president or being a billionaire. He was a prisoner of war and declared an outcome and a goal, and he visualized it. But he looked at it every day. So if you've got this wonderful goal, this wonderful dream, and it's it's just in your head that's not going to do any good, you got to write it down. you got to start to declare it. you got to start to read it. you got to start to believe it and get excited about it. And then once you're at a moment, then you can start to share it and get other people involved and allow them to make you accountable. We'll talk in the future about getting together a hot team, getting together a group to support you. But right now, all I want you to do is write it down, declare it, and wake up tomorrow and read it with enthusiasm. And if you don't want to read it in the mirror with enthusiasm, fine. Just wake up and read it. Just yell it in the shower. I don't care what you have to do, but read it. Start to visualize it and think about it. And when you do that, your body will start to feel it. And when your body starts to feel it, the activity required to accomplishment will start to come. The universe will start sending the direction, start lining things up for you to obtain that which is that you believed and that which you declared. This episode is brought to you by my company, Orion's Guild. So go check us out at orionsguild.com. If you're an entrepreneur or a sales team or a startup that's looking for a sales strategy, support, getting your project off the ground, uh, we are there for you to help and guide you through that process. You know, Also, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. We're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much and see you guys next week. For-